This one's for the ladies. If you are feeling like something is off with your body, you don't want to miss this incredible free masterclass by Dr. Naturopathic Physician Dr. Michelle Sands. How to restore your hormones to end hot flashes, mood swings, hormonal weight gain, and feel like yourself again without ever setting foot in a doctor's office or changing your daily routine. After watching the masterclass, I realized my hormones were off and that there's something amazing that can help. In the free 60-minute masterclass, you will learn how to know exactly what's causing your body to age rapidly, feel tired, old, and moody. Even though your doctor says it's, in quotations, normal for your age and that all your tests were, in quotations, normal. You will learn the two big reasons many doctors are unwilling to prescribe hormone restoration and what they aren't telling you about your hormones. The huge difference between synthetic hormone replacement therapy, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, and natural hormone therapy. How to get a custom hormone balancing plan to reverse aging, keep weight off, enhance your energy, and put an end to premenopause and menopause symptoms for good without ever stepping foot inside a doctor's office. Dr. Michelle created the Healthy Hormone Club, which offers affordable and accessible bioidentical hormone replacement delivered to your door. Visit www.freehormoneclass.com slash unintentional porn star. Watch the free masterclass and learn what every woman over 35 needs to know about hormone restoration. Go to www.freehormoneclass.com slash unintentional porn star. Hi, I was exploited for my sexuality. For about 10 years, I diminished that and let my shame voice take over. I am going to be here with you on a whole new level where we are no longer allowing shame or guilt or fear to be present. We're here to thrive, we're here to be open, we are here to celebrate, and we are here to help others as always. Welcome to the unintentional fucking porn star. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, great. Okay. (laughs) Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Um, Just wanted to drop a quick note that I am absolutely stuffed up as bananas, but we're here. And I am here with the lovely Des, and I'll do a little lovely intro for Des. And then um, whenever, if you feel like you want to add Des, please feel free to jump in. So um, Des is Um, Des works with women and she empowers women who struggle with emotional triggers to find safety, stability, and fulfillment by guiding them to respond from a place of love and authenticity rather than fear so they can truly live a life they love and trust that they can handle whatever challenges or adventures life brings. Now, you know, I have to say, Des, there's a reason we met, you know, so (laughs) welcome and um, if there's anything else you want to share about your work and what you do before we jump in, uh, that would be great. You know, one thing that I want to share is I love puns. I really think they're punderful. And so I just want to <laughs> like drop that in right now. Um, and I also really love metaphors and analogies. Um, oh. Because one, I think it's really helpful to look at some heavier topics in a sense of fun and exploration. So I always like to kind of bring in some analogies and metaphors to make these heavier topics feel a little lighter and I love puns because I just love puns so you're great hey, oh, that, you're witty you roll with it you know <laughs> I love it love it um and so you and I met about what is it like a month a month ago or something yeah and instantly we just clicked and 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 actually if we take it back i believe you saw a post of mine that on instagram where i said healing is not linear and you reached out and then we connected and just started talking about like everything about the healing journey and the work that we're doing and and you also lined me up with so many connections so that was so beautiful of you so um, yeah, like what was the initial thing when you saw my post, I guess, of like healing is not lin- not linear, like was was there something that just gravitated you to the post or the or the topic itself? And yeah, I'm, I'm so curious, like what made you jump in? Because I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, me too, because I what I love you. And I, 
it was so funny because I had just posted something with that hashtag of healing is not linear. And I don't really, you know, I honestly don't really understand that whole like hashtag game, but there was some part of me that was like, I wonder what other people are posting under this, mm-hmm. you know, because so much of what I see on social media is, you know, like positive, you know, let's, let's overcome our struggles. Let's do these things, you know, let's get over our anxiety. And I know that that's not the truth of anxiety or healing or anything. It's not something that you get to overcome and then it disappears forever. So I was really interested to see what kind of people Mm. were talking about healing, not being linear. And I had a feeling that I was going to find some, just some like-minded tribes, tribe people there. And so it was a photo of you dancing Mm. and I love dancing. And I was a choreographer in Prague for seven years. And so instantly I was like, oop, this (laughs) some moves she's talking about healing not being linear I think it was raining and I just loved the symbolism and everything behind it and there was just a part of me that said you know what we're not alone in this journey that is promoting healing the authenticity of healing and so I just had to reach out and that's really what what called me to you that's so interesting and I feel like with the the saying sometimes sayings can become so overused at least for me that it loses its meaning and I think even when I was posting that, like there was a sense of me being like, oh, you know, this is this, this topic is so overused, but really how is it like understood or, or practiced or digested by each individual? And so I'm glad I did it because we're here. And yet the more that I, you know, I've been speaking about my story and facing my, um, the sex tape being online for five years now, it's happened for over 10 and There are so many times where I, even to this day, especially when the video comes back up, I find myself on the floor and in a way that I'm like, I judge myself and I go, you, you shouldn't be here. You know, like you've done all this healing, you understand who you are, all these things. And it's just, it's so amazing in in in, in actually a very like human way. It's amazing how much these triggers and these things can just, they bring you back. And I, a a goal of mine in sharing the story and also talking about healing, not being linear is to, well, a like shed the judgment for myself, you know, allow myself to see myself and be like, Oh my gosh, like giving you a hug. Um, of it's okay. And of course, you know, like, yes, this is, this can be difficult sometimes. And also share that with others in terms of the healing journey being, being like, it really truly is something that hmm, I don't know how to say this. So if, if this comes out wrong, or if you have something you want to add, but it's, it's almost like it's with you forever, not in like a negative heavy way. It is, it is with you in a way that you can grow and create this like new plant of gorgeous flowers with it, you know? And I think for me, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm curious to actually hear what you have to say about any of this, but for me, the more that I integrate it within me in a way of um, seeking like peace with it is is where I find the most amount of growth. If if I'm running away from it, that thing is going to come slapping me back in my face, which it has done. And 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 there's a there's a bittersweet side of being like, oh, it's kind of with you in quotations forever, which it doesn't have to be to some capacity. Sure. But really, like for me, the most amazing thing has been working with it and growing from it. And yeah. And so I'm, I'm curious, does anything sort of come up for you and speaking about that? Yeah. First off, everything, everything that you're saying about it being with you, but being mindful of the power of that, because especially if you're in those early stages of, you know, trauma, and I know that trauma can be a trigger in of itself. And so when I talk about trauma, you know, let's just look at it through the lens of our needs not being met. And there's big T's and little T's in that. But when we're in it, it can be really scary, the idea of it being with us forever. (laughs) But it is such a big part of our story. You know, everything that we've experienced becomes a part of our story. But even though it's a part of our story, it doesn't have to be the ending of it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to show up in every chapter of our story. But yeah, it's a big part of our book. Mm -hmm. And I mean, think about when you're trying to tell someone or talk about your feelings or share a story and someone is dismissing you or saying, shut up, get out of here. Like, or trying to run away. It makes you even louder. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, yes. right? like, <laughs> like, wait, no, I was, I, let me say it again. 
And it's very much that same thing, like these things that trigger us, these experiences that we went through, you know, traumatic or not, they are going to stay with us forever because they're a part of our story. But when we run away from them, they're going to chase us louder because they want to be heard. They want to be seen. They want to be accepted. You know, these parts of ourselves that we hide away or we judge, it's like locking them in a closet. And then over time, that closet gets so full that any slight wind or idea that could open the door is going to open and everything's going to pour out. But when being able to find peace with it, you know, like you're saying is so powerful because it's scary. That part of you, it doesn't want to be there. It's like, I don't want to be here. You know, I wish that this didn't happen too, but now I'm here. That part of you is there and it's alone. Mm. It's there and it's alone when we abandon these things that happen to us. And it ends up coming up in other places, whether it's in lower back pain or chronic stress or attachment theories or avoidant, whatever it is, learning how to navigate these parts of ourselves that are these experiences from that place of peace, from that place of just unconditional acceptance for that part of us that's in that time stamp. So we don't leave her there alone. We don't leave her in that place of trauma and say, sorry, it's too scary. I can't be with you right now. I got to go live my life. Mm. Oh, that's, it's just so beautiful. And, you know, even hearing that, I would love to sort of talk through something if you're okay with it is, is that even, even me saying what I said about finding peace with it and even hearing what you said, which is so stunning by the way, and so well put and, you know, walking with not leaving them behind, you know, not abandoning them is like, it's truly like, oh my gosh, that just like feels so good to hear that because that's the lesson for me that I took was like, she just wants to be held, you know, she just wants to be held. And something else that is, that is coming up for me is there's still, I think probably a little bit of, of panic um, within my journey of accepting that this is my life kind of. And, and, and like you said, though, you know, it doesn't have to be the way it ends or like the end result. And that was something just even in this moment that I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Like it, the end result won't look like how it is right now. Um, And so there's a fear within me, you know, even thinking about this, I, I look at my Instagram, I look at my work and I'm obsessed with it in a way of, you know, I'm healing myself and I'm helping others. And it's so immensely powerful and I wouldn't be doing anything else, but there's this other side of me that goes like, I'm, this is awful. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Like I'm so done with this, like this, I don't know all the conversation around it. And so I think for myself within my journey, like I still have to, this my chair is squeaking. Um, I still have to find or, or like exercise or massage that piece more and more into where I am. It's been blossoming so much, this, this joy and confidence almost of sharing my story and having this be a part of me and how I'm helping others. It's becoming a joy, but I can tell when you were speaking, my stomach was just like, you know. Oh yeah. Even for myself, you know, like when I, I think I always feel that part of myself drop when I'm like, we don't want to abandon that part of ourselves. Cause there's that part of me that's like, does if everybody knew how many times you abandoned yourself, like they'd be like, who is this lady talking? But <laughs> it does put us in that state of panic. It does put us in that state of fear because we're still healing is not linear. We're always going to have that part of us that lived that, through that traumatic experience. And when that part gets activated because it hasn't been soothed or nourished or feels safe enough to let its guard down, all those chemicals are going to go into the brain. You know, those stress chemicals are going to release. Our rational thoughts going to shut down. Our nervous system is going to respond because also we work so much with the brain, you know, like let's get over these mindset shifts. Let's learn how to self-soothe and regulate our emotions. But the body is a beautiful detailed map of the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. It like it holds every experience we've ever had. That's why if you've ever told yourself, I promise I won't do that again. And the moment comes up and you do it. It's normally because there's some part of your nervous system that's still processing it, which is also why we can't rush our journey into healing because you're going to shock your nervous system. Mm -hmm. Learning how to rewire the brain and rewire the body takes time. Mm -hmm. And it's scary because it's, we don't know how long it's going to take. 
And, you know, when you were talking about, you know, that your end story is not going to look like it is now. We don't always know what our end story is going to look like. And that can make us feel scared too, because the brain likes, you know, the brain likes to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. It wants things black and white. So if we're already kind of processing some experience, we don't know where it's going, then yeah, of course we're going to be scared. Mm -hmm. And I also really just want to say thank you for speaking to that inner part too, that's over it. You know, that part that's like, why do I have to talk about this anymore? Like, why me? Like, haven't I done enough? Because I know that that feeling becomes so heavy sometimes, you know, it just gets really overwhelming of who am I and why me and why this and how can I incorporate my story so that it's not just my story? Yeah. I mean, that's something that I feel this is very fresh for me. I feel I've been talking about it for five years, but only in this last, in these last few months, have I really stepped in being like, you know, (laughs) this is what you want to do now, you know? And I like, I struggled saying that because of, because of that, right. Because yeah. of being like, Oh, like I'm done with this. And then you go, well. <laughs> <laughs> let's honor the truth of the situation. And, and, and yes. So I, there's, there's two things that came up for me while you were saying what you were saying is, is, you know, <clears throat> thinking of things like I'm going to go off on a little track here of like Buddhism as an example, or these other practices of being just so almost in peace at all times. Like I have a question. I'm so curious of your thoughts or if you have insight on it, do you think, and this is more for the audience and myself, do you think that we as humans can get to a place where we are, mm, I'm going to use a really extreme thing here. Okay. Um, a hundred percent of us can be okay when a trigger comes up or, you know, or like, can we be at a place, um, where we just, I mean, know what we've been through, we've done our healing, we have had many triggers and many trials to, um, work with it. And then we get to this place where it's like, oh, this is a trigger. Cute. (laughs) <laughs> you know, um, I, I wish I could say yes. And I hope that we all say it just like that also, because that was the gosh darn cutest thing I've ever seen um, or heard. But, you know, <laughs> I'm actually reading a book right now by the Dalai Lama. And it's so funny because today he was talking about finding our inner peace and like how that's kind of our goal and some different ways to do that. But he said even for himself, sometimes he gets upset. You know, he notices that he gets, you know, he says something that isn't aligned with his values or he cuts someone off because of something. And, you know, even though it's as simple as maybe cutting someone off or being a little short, that still comes from somewhere. And so the Dalai Lama is still getting triggered and still <laughs> that place like of enlightenment. Right still finds himself kind of biting his tongue or reacting as opposed to responding. And, you know, I think it's just, unfortunately, it's just part of the human experience. I think to always be getting different experiences that give us different levels of trigger. So I want to, you know, I believe that we can probably overcome the triggers that we've had, you know, up until this point and be okay. You know, like fear of abandonment was a big trigger for me. And now when it comes up, I'm like, oh, ooh, this is still here. And I I totally get exploratory with it. But then something else happens over the weekend that I get a little annoyed about. And maybe a month later, I see a trigger showing up from that experience. So I think it's hard to say that we'll ever hit that piece of enlightenment or peace because we're always going to, we live in a world of chaos. So and true. Dalai Lama can't do it. <laughs> or if the Dalai Lama does it, yeah. just being human and giving himself grace in those moments, then I think that's what the evolution of triggers will be of maybe not being so explosive, but right. still finding, you know, gentle, healthy ways of being triggered and giving yourself grace in those moments of response. Yeah. And, and you know, even as soon as I said it out loud, I was like... <laughs> 
that's a part of being a human, you know, and to, and I preach this all the time and I, and thank you for holding space for that, that question. Cause it was a bit of like a, a, a theory question, right. Being like, is it possible? But like, obviously we're humans. And, and so, yeah, initially it was just like being a human entails all sides of everything. And you're right. There is this level of chaos that's happening with around, with around us, um, and, and sometimes even chaos can be in, in good ways, right? Like having so many family members around you or, or what have you. Right. Um, and so to take away, you know, these aside of an experience, even though we deem it to be negative or bad really to me seems almost like, well, that is the human experience. This is about evolution and growth for being a human. Like this is the purpose of being here is to just evolve your soul and, 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 you know, find other things that are a part of your own purpose in your own um, life. But yeah, being a human, like it's so, we are so lucky and it is so special. Um, and this is coming from dealing with all the shit that I feel like I've been through. We've all been through stuff. And like I say, we're so lucky to feel all of that. We are so lucky to, <laughs> I'm not going to say we're so lucky to experience the 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 negative things necessarily. Yeah. The lessons that come from, or excuse me, or the good that can come from, you know, like seeing all those sides and just, again, just like being human and even for myself and talking here is like, allow yourself to be human, even for the rest of your life, Rebecca. Like, I think there's a part of me that wants to just be healed and just let it go and be at this place. You know, I'm already helping others, but we help others to help ourselves too. And I just, for some reason, I feel like I just want to be this, I don't even know. I just pictured a gorilla goddess. I'm not sure where the hell that came from, but like oh. just so powerful, so strong and just like not ever being um, seen as weak or feel weak again. And it's just, that's so valid. Thank you. That's so nice that you, you know, you're feeling these things and also you're human and I love you. And that's so awesome that you're feeling those feelings and, you know, let's see what we can do with those feelings and, and allow yourself to be human. <laughs> and I think that's, that's the, that's the big saving grace, you know, validating your emotions, you know, validating the things that you're feeling and saying like, you know what, I'm not going to say that this is good or bad or give any judgment because there's no judgment in healing. Cause then the nervous system gets triggered when we start judging ourselves even, but just being like, Hey, it's totally okay that you feel that it's normal. It's part of the human experience. And yeah, it might fudging suck right now, but that's okay. It's okay to let it suck for a little bit, but what are we going to do after? Mm -hmm. So always kind of trying to find something, some action item, because nothing cuts faster through fear or resistance than taking action. And I want to come back to something earlier when you were talking about just being done. This came up for me and I really want to share it because I think it ties into this just experience of being human as well and overcoming these obstacles that life throws at us or hurls at us it is it feels sometimes that we have to be resilient out of obligation. Bad things have happened. So I have to be resilient. Yep. That's me. I'm resilient does because of all the tough things I went through. Wish I didn't have to. Preach, yep. Right, like woohoo! Like, look at me, strong girl. <laughs> <laughs> but the beautiful thing is when you make that choice to accept the human experience, to give, to bring in inner peace, and to hold yourself and to lay down on the ground with yourself in those moments. Now you get to be resilient out of choice. Mm. And there's a difference being resilient out of obligation versus being resilient by choice. And there's so much beauty and power that comes from saying, you know what? No, this is, this sucks, but I'm going to choose to be resilient because it's when we kind of bring in that free will that things start to change internally and externally as well. I feel like a big part of what I'm witnessing within other people as well um, and possibly looking back on myself and where maybe more at the beginning of facing things is there is that sort of, and, and even now, there is that sort of societal pressure of resiliency. And, and I love that you said resiliency, like you, when you choose it, that's when it's power. And that's also something when you were talking about everything, when you choose your resiliency, when you choose to hold yourself on the floor, that's power. You know, that truly is like 
like what more can you do for yourself as a human than to hold yourself as you are? And, and there's a conversation of, if, of growth and healing and elevating. And, and at the same time, I do feel like there's a big gap in society of holding where you are. And I think that possibly, you know, I think I evade sometimes even now, even knowing how to hold myself, I avoid doing that to some capacity because I'm like, well, no, I'm supposed to be healed, you know? And, and I do, I wonder where that comes from. I'm going, where is this judgment coming from? Like, where is this? Oh, I have to be fine. And and, and I'm not going to blame society. I'm not going to do anything like that, but I'm just like, oh, it really is such a big thing within life, whether you're in like a hockey team and you're in like a bro code or whether you're in the office and you have to show up, like wherever you are, there's this expectation, you're right, of like resiliency and to choose your resiliency. <laughs> like so good. You know, and oh man, I feel like I go on a tangent on just society, but I won't. But I will also say, yes, it's not society's fault, but it they definitely play a really big part of it. You know, that resilient culture, that grind culture, you know, it's, mm. I think that's so much of where the disconnect comes because society, everybody's got an opinion on everybody and everything. And so when you ask society, like what is successful, what is resilient, they're going to have this kind of cookie cutter idea of it. But resilience is different for each person and it's different for each experience. If you tell society, yeah, I just had a really bad day and I'm crying in the fetal position in my room, society is going to say, get back up. That's not strength. That's not resilience. It's getting up and rubbing some dirt in it, you know? And that's because that's the idea that we get indoctrinated kind of into, you know, this is what it is. Like resilience is having a hard day, but showing up for work and giving it 110% anyway, but that's not resilience. Mm. You know, that's, that's expectation. And I think that sometimes there's so many social ideas that we have that we don't really think about because they've just been, you know, subconsciously given to us from getting, you know, straight A's at school, getting the gold sticker for being a good girl, whatever it is, we have these programs, these templates that we grow up with. And so it makes it really difficult when you do hit your healing journey and you're in it where you're like, great, now my awareness is starting to feel limiting. Now my idea of resilience is starting to kind of fight with this inner belief that I had of what resilience was and what strength was. And now not only am I on my healing journey, but I'm redefining so many core parts of my life, mm. like resilience, like strength. Mm. And it can feel a lot sometimes. Mm. But the beautiful thing about all of it is that you are the writer of your story. So you get to redefine what resilience looks like for you. And then you get to, you know, coming back to that choice and obligation, you get to decide and choose what does your resilience look like? And when can you choose to bring in, in so that way we're not just being resilient because we have to, you know, because it's what's expected of us. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I it's our uh, my my thoughts always tie in with what you say it's so beautiful I love it whenever you speak I'm like oh it's just great um so <clears throat> something that when you were talking about the self and you are the writer of your story um so many things that come up in my mind when I'm thinking about this. And that is something that I feel for myself. I've been empowering myself by just choosing myself um, ultimately and, and, and finding and redefining how I want to show up and how I'm going to work within this society and how I, you know, am, how much nature do I need in my life? How much human interaction um, can I handle it in the, in certain moments or where do I need to live or how is my relationship on social media? And there is a lot for humans to, um, create space from in order to find what that means and seek what that means within self and to walk through life as yourself. <clears throat> and, Oh shoot, I kind of lost why or where I was going there. Um, oh give me a second, sorry. 
I think something that, um, and I'm going to keep, I'm kind of keeping relating it back to my story simply as a, as a method of, well, tying this conversation and everything too is, is like the, 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 not attachment, the gathering and loving of self and the discovery of self through life, through this healing, through everything has been the most beautiful thing. And yet it has also been one of the most confusing and isolating things possibly because I go, whoosh, I don't even know where I'm safe anymore. And I create this sort of like mental barrier between people, which actually allows me to be closer to people. Again, I had to really like go into the middle of the woods a lot to like, I couldn't handle anything, but it sort of feels like discovering self. Oh, this is so interesting. There's obviously something here and I'm really struggling to grasp it is I feel wrong for being myself. <laughs> I feel wrong for choosing myself. I think because of like either the loss or society or what have you, but I feel so wrong for choosing me. And whether that's conditioning for being a woman as well, like there's so many things that can be tied into this, this feeling that comes up and it makes me sweaty. It makes me sweaty. It makes me feel like I have to stand my ground with people being like, I matter. And that doesn't go sometimes and that's okay. And, and yet when you were speaking about coming to self, like my whole soul just, just lifts in, in like lightness, just being like, yes, it is about how you interact with life and how you see fit. And it doesn't mean that you negate other people's things. I don't know. So there's, there's so much here. And I'm wondering if anything's coming up for you in, in that. Oh gosh. Is there, I feel like I want to eat my microphone. <laughs> um, so, um, so much was coming up. Thank you so much for walking through that. Cause every time you had a moment of revelation, I just felt more grounded in the things that you were saying, because yeah, we do live in a society, I think, and cultural as well, you know, choosing yourself feels wrong because for so many of us, we grew up with, don't be selfish, you know, put other people's needs ahead of yourself. Don't be vain, you know? And so this idea of how do I stand my ground without shaking things up? You know, mm -hmm. I don't want to be a problem. I don't want to ruffle feathers. And it, we're not taught how to ruffle feathers, especially as women. So it makes it difficult when we do decide to finally be like, no, I matter. And guess what? I'm going to take up some space here too, because a lot of people don't know how to deal with that. A lot of people don't know how to process that. We don't live in a world where taking up space feels safe. And I think that's something that's so important. You know, when you're talking about balancing the world, it's hard to feel safe in it because like I said, everyone's got an opinion and judgment of everything. And I think as certain things become more prevalent in our society, it seems like people become a lot more quick to share their thoughts with you, whether they're good or bad, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> and one of the hardest things for me in my journey of coming back to self was finding that sense of safety inside of myself. True. Yeah. <clears throat> that was hard because for me, I looked for safety everywhere else besides my own mind and my own body. I was like, well, I'm really good at working my body. I'm really good at pushing it to the limit. And I'm really good at doing, you know, staying on task. But when it came to my own sense of creation, creating my rules, creating my boundaries, creating my sense of safety, I didn't know how to do it, but I was really good at following the general template of life of right. say no when this happens, you know? And I think that that's something that's just so powerful is that you touched on was just finding that sense of safety and how to navigate it how to feel safe in choosing yourself. You know, everything that you were saying was just really, how can you create that sense of safety fully, being mm -hmm. fully immersed while navigating things like guilt, shame, blame, confusion, and just life. And I think when we get so amped up on our healing journey, we get so into it, we get so excited, but then we get all this new awareness. Yes. And yeah. then you're like, well, now I'm aware of everything and how everything's <laughs> making me feel. And then awareness starts to feel limiting. Mm -hmm. And that gets crazy because you're like, wait, 
am I too, am I too enlightened? It's like, no, Des, you're not too enlightened. Yeah, yeah. You had a really good, like, you know, self-soothing session on way too much caffeine. Like you're not, (laughs) but it's hard, you know, because then you're, you start, you end up getting, dropping more into your mind and dropping out of experiences because you're so in your head. Cause Mm -hmm. that's also the thing with awareness. Awareness without action can feel limiting and can make you feel stuck and can create resentment because that awareness is going to keep you in your head. Preach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is sort of that balancing of that body, the body, soul, the mind, you know, that whole conversation really in, in the terms of healing. And there's two other things that also came up was, you know, when you talked about finding safety within self, like for me, when I think about when I was able to place um, boundaries is to with with society and not have to jump and run away is because I was discovering safety within self. And whenever I have safety within self is when I can generally know when I can go into a busy city again, where people might look at me or judge me or something, right? That sense of safety within self allows me to exist within society again. And it allows me, ah, on my second thing that I was going to say, it allows you to build community within where you're at in your safety, Mm. you know, in in this moment when you have your sense of of self. And I talked about the isolation. And and when you were speaking, I was just thinking about, you know, you, when you elevate, you, you, you meet new people and your community builds into that which is exciting. And, and it's, it's a blend of when you have these communities mm, that sounded so like concrete, but when there are other communities that are in alignment with where you are, there, there is an understanding to some capacity, or there is a full understanding that the full sense of self is what allows you to be in community. It allows you to integrate fully into community and to give back to the community because you're giving to yourself and yes and and yes and that was just something I felt like even when I was sitting in that moment with you which again being human like two seconds ago I was sitting and feeling scared of of my journey with self and now I'm thinking of the other side that I've been practicing and exercising is that oh my gosh no you've been feeling closer and closer and closer and meeting new people and it feels joyous. It feels freeing. Like I have never felt so free when I tap into the other side, right? Cause it's still, as we say, we're human. And, and, and this is still something that's fresh for me for sure within my journey is expanding into the community again, is it, I've never felt so free. I have never felt so fucking pumped. I have never wanted to, you know, like throw sparkles in the air more and <laughs> you know and and maybe punch the air out of like excitement too like I've never felt so free to be myself and and then I'm going what did I exist before like what was I doing was I even myself like of course there were parts of myself but I almost look back to when I was even feeling free in the past and I go like whoa dude like look where you are now you know like you you, the freedom that you feel now is is more possible like well it is (laughs) anyways (laughs) it's so it's so funny how boundaries Mm -hmm. make you feel more free wild because there's (laughs) there's freedom within these internal structures that we create for ourselves because they also give us the foundation and there are two things that I really want to touch on that you said oh my goodness I can remember one of them. And so when you were talking about how, you know, you were just holding that space for yourself because, you know, it still shows up that part of you that's like wanting to be soothed, wanting to be held. And when being able to tap into that old and tap into the new is such a beautiful balance beam to be on because there's nothing but safety and support and love underneath you because that's the foundation that you've created. But it's so nice because when, because it happens for me too, you know, whenever my, different timestamps of trauma show up in my life. I hold that space with such love because I'm like, I'm so not that I'm grateful that I'm still connected to that part of me, but I guess I, yeah, I'm so grateful to be connected to that part. I'm so grateful to be able to say, Hey, I'm sorry that we're still here. I still love you. I, these moments that I get to take with you, they're so tender and so raw. And I want to appreciate these moments while I'm here holding the space for you. And that tenderness, the wisdom that I get from holding myself and soothing myself in those moments, that's what gives me the connection and the 
strength and kind of the, the support that I can give the women that are currently still facing that. I'm not so far removed from it because even though it might've happened 20 plus years ago, I'm still there with that moment. I'm still there holding that timestamp of the old so I can bring it into the new and change my story. And, and the other thing is when we're talking about being able to fully integrate into communities, I think the reason that it makes integration so possible and so safe when we find out who we really are and we can be our free sense of selves is because we are tapping and integrating into a community, mm. not a version of us. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think that w- that's what makes integration easier and safer the older we get deeper in our healing journey is it's us, not a version of us. That's so beautiful. And, and even, I wonder, how do you feel about even sort of on the, on the, on the, come on, come on, sick brain, you can do it on the same level of choice. Um, you know, when you have your full self, you also have the choice where, mm, I don't know if this feels right. Pardon me, but let's, let's see where this goes. I feel what I'm trying to explore here is that when you have your full sense of self, you also within your boundaries, right? Like you have the awareness and the option and the opportunity to say, not right now, or, or I'm going to, I'm going to come back in a week or heck no. Um, and so there is also that choice to enter into that community. Something's not feeling right as I'm saying this. Um, and I'm not sure what it is, but it, it is, it, it, to bring it back, it is more about that sense of self and, and, and bringing the, all of you everywhere. And, and that is what just like that shine that comes from within when you are tapped into self, like that's also just noticeable as you are yourself, other people, um, are going to see that and feel that. And boundaries within that shine too are essential because a lot of people will want to give me your, give me your shine. I'm like, you're feeling yeah. good. Give me your shine. And you're like, no, yes. And you know, I don't know if this is what you're speaking to of like, just kind of being able to say yes or no, or like what feels right is if you're talking about it with other people, yeah, it's going to be hard because you're being shiny, you're being sparkly, and there are going to be people who are like, Mm-mm, guess what? I don't like sparkle. Uh-huh. And they're going to come over and they might try and take advantage of it. Or there are some people who believe that sparkle is weak or vulnerable or weird. Again, just kind of bringing these judgments. Mm-hmm. And it can be hard. And being able to, ah, your way out of it is powerful. <laughs> and part of that is being able to be like, oh my goodness, I'm feeling scared. So what I'm going to do is I actually have this like defense mechanism that comes up that is just going, ah, you know, or whatever it is that is finding an authentic way to say no in those moments, whether it's to people, to events, whether it's to yourself also. Like, I think that's something that, you know, I don't know how often people talk about boundaries with yourself because yeah. it's easy to go be like, guess what? I'm going deep down the rabbit journey of healing today, cut to eight hours later. Like, and you have to be able to have those boundaries of yourself too. You know, I'm a go big or go home kind of gal. And it's something that I've been working on, which is kind of a result of inner child experiences that I've had. But in my journey of healing, that's something that I have to do where it's like, I'm going to put a boundary around that. Or, oh my goodness, I've noticed I just got triggered at this event, but I've had a couple, you know, wines or booches or whatever and so what I need to do is I have to tell myself no right now mm-hmm. or I have to tell myself right now I don't have the capacity to support this mm-hmm. but I promise I will and to make sure that I schedule it in my calendar so that part doesn't get dismissed but I think it's really important to feel when something feels a little off or unsafe or icky or sweaty or gross and being like I need space to think about this and so I'm gonna have to create it whether it's with people communities or with yourself. It almost feels like when I was picturing that in some certain instances for me, it almost feels like there's a two tiers. And I think you're so right about the connection with boundaries to self. Like, I don't even think I've really ever heard that. And I know I've done that for myself in a way, but like, wow, like mic drop boundaries with self. But sometimes in a situation, I feel like there's two things happening where it's like, I have to create a boundary within this outside person or event or something and, and whether it's me first and them second or them first and me second, I have to create a boundary within myself to also like make a decision to be like, um, someone who's challenging me. 
I create a boundary and I say, thank you so much. And then I go, okay, with self, you know what? Say something. You would like to say something. I matter, you know, or, or like, there's almost like that two sides. Sometimes I feel like with situations and, and maybe it's simply a matter of just checking in with self constantly within everything that happens. I think that's a really great thing to practice and enhance and is very powerful and empowering is to check in with self constantly. Because like we said, even at the beginning, you know, life is happening, there's chaos happening, there's good things, there's there's everything happening. And so to check in with self amongst your healing journey and to check in constantly. And I think that's also just such a lovely thing to take with, with yourself, with me, with anyone in their back pocket, just check in, you know, having these expectations of having to be at a certain place or healed a certain amount, you know, almost when I say to myself, if there's a mantra I'm even going to take from today is just check in, you know, just check in. And I feel like that just allows me or anyone, if, if, if they feel the same way to just, to just exist and be like, what are you feeling girl? Like, What's going on? Yes. <laughs> check, in, check in because it's in that place of checking in also, like, I'm sure everybody, you know, it's, and I wonder, you know, if you've ever set a boundary, what, what are the odds of people following that boundary? First off, mm-hmm. we might get really good at expressing our boundary, but standing in our boundary can be really difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's in that place though of checking in where you're like, I just set a boundary, but I feel like they're not listening or they're violating it. But if you don't have that check-in with yourself, now you're going to be in that space and you're probably going to be feeling unsafe in a lot of other things. And so check-ins are so important. I do weekly coaching sessions with myself and they're the cutest, best thing ever. Like, and, but it's those check-ins that make it possible for the week to process everything because life's hard. Someone cuts me off in the grocery store or cuts me off in traffic, whatever it is, there's always something that's going to be giving us stress because that's part of the human experience. But if you don't check in, it gets put in that closet. And over time, that closet's going to get really, really full if you don't check in. Wow. Oh, I mean, I don't know. Even just within the conversation, I just got shivers and I'm just feeling so well. A, I'm feeling I've always felt very held with you. So thank you for that. Your wisdom and your insight is unreal. Like it's so beautiful. Um, and so I, I just thank you for that. And, and also you excite the shit out of me. So I'm like, <laughs> I am just so excited. I'm so grateful to just be connected with you and my relationship with California. We're working through a few things right now, but I can't wait to come down there. And when I do, I would love to see you and hang out with you, you know, like it's just, yes. uh, and so within your work, um, you, um, do you do in person as well as online? Like what's, how can anyone reach you? You know, if they're yeah. like, oh my gosh, I need to sign up with us. <laughs> well, you know, I would say there's so many different ways to contact me. You know, my name on social media is Des Caminos, like D-E-S. Um, and my company is called The Interconnected Self. But the way that I work with people is mostly it's all virtual. I do a couple of in-person events here in California, but what I realized when I started this practice in Prague, it was all in person. And then of course COVID happened and everything had to move online. And I found that my clients were getting so much more value out of our virtual sessions. And when I asked, you know, I just kind of like, we talked a little bit about it, about meeting back in person. But I think a big thing is I do heavy work. You know, it's not just rainbows and butterflies and mindset shifts. It's let's drop into the body. Where's this trauma in your body? How can we really explore it so that way you're not feeling the physiological sensations of stomach dropping, heart racing, and all of that. So I know that what I do can be a little adventurous and we always make it fun and playful, but yeah, there it's heavy sometimes. And when people were virtual, they were in the safety of their own home. Mm -hmm. If they needed to end the session and then cry or take a shower or have a hot glass of milk or whatever, they could do it. They didn't have to worry about putting it all together and then getting on public transport or getting in a car. And so after I heard that, I was like, you know what, I'm going to keep things virtual so people can have that space to process and integrate our sessions after. So everything I do is, is virtual. Wow. That's amazing. And I will link everything into the description as well for them to find you. Um, I am feeling a sense of like a circular moment happening here, but before we, you know, before we move into 
um, closing things off, is there anything, um, I guess two questions, is there anything that's lingering from what we were talking about? And if so, great. And then if, if not, what is one thing that you would love to leave in the arms and souls of people listening today? So, Ooh, two beautiful questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess one thing that I'd like to say, one final thing that was lingering from our conversation is coming back to the story mm-hmm. and just how important it is for everyone to give ourselves grace and remembering that we are the writers of our own story and how there we're not defined. A book doesn't get defined by any one particular experience that those moments can be turning points. And the big thing that I want to share is that if you're having a difficult time right now, one, I'm so sorry, but when it comes to relating it to your story, you're going to have to change your story to change your life. And that I'm just going to drop it at that. You have to change (laughs) your story to change your life. And it can be hard and scary, but you can do it. Um, And what was the second question? I feel like I just threw myself off with that. No, that was great. That was also just so complete and beautiful in itself. And then it was just like, if there was one piece of advice from either the conversation or from anything of your work that you want to leave with the audience. The one thing from my work that I want to share with everybody, and I've been helping women internationally for a little over five years now, is two things. One Try and find safety in your sense of self because it's in that place of safety that you'll stop abandoning yourself, whether it's for people, for projects, for anything else. Find a way to find internal sense of safety and start finding easy ways to trust yourself because that's a really big part of life and something that unfortunately no one teaches us how to do. I have a, my program is called the inner trust Academy. And that's, I named it that because that was the biggest thing. The biggest result that people had in their healing journey. That's what made healing easier was trusting themselves that they could handle it no matter what, that if they got knocked down again, they'd be able to get back up 10 times faster. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. Choosing, choosing that resiliency and like really just loving and honing into self constantly, like just, just feels so gorgeous and important. And so, yeah, I, I hope that anyone that's listening feels held, feels safe. Um, and if you want to reach out to Des or myself, please do so. We are always so here. And, and I know, you know, Des, like you're here, this is your work. And, and for myself, I'm really stepping into that as well. And so again, I'm just really honored to be here with you and, Um, I guess for all the listeners, have a great one and we'll chat soon. Hey, thanks for listening. Please visit my website, www.rebeccareinhardt.com. You can find all the information of what I am working on. You can sign up for emails so you can get some cheeky emails from me and updates. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening. I can't wait to connect with you. Find me on Instagram, find me on TikTok, find me on YouTube, find me everywhere, you know? Let's make it a game. Just kidding. RebeccaReinhardt.com. Okay, bye.